We're here for another tournament in a tea break. I'm Ros Sattar from Britwatch Sports. George Belshaw from Metro.co.uk. And Renee Denfeld for my tennis. And <laughs> we've, uh, well, it's been a bit of a day, hasn't it, lads? Um, we, l after all the drama and fury around uh, Nadal's uh, passing the longest set streak on a given surface, and by streak we don't mean running around in his... Uh, in his kex, but the fact that he actually won a whole load of matches, he then went and lost one. Um, so the de defending champion is gone, uh, and with it we have a new contender, uh, which is Team, who, by his own admission, hadn't actually really been playing his best tennis, but he certainly made up for it today. Yeah. yeah. Fair. <laughs> you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll go with the, the stuff you said in German afterwards. <laughs> go for it. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought... Uh, he was absolutely fantastic, particularly in the first set. I thought he completely dominated with his forehand. Um, and when he was forced into his backhand, he was coming up with big shots that were hitting the lines. He just kept hitting the lines in that first set. Really put Rafa under the cosh. Um, second set, I thought he may not quite choked, but he, he wasn't quite as clinical as Wavering. he was in the first. And Rafa, on a better day, I think, would have taken those chances that you know team left the door open Rafa would normally storm through it today Rafa was just a bit off missing in the big moments possibly fatigue from playing so much clay mentally maybe more than physically I don't know but he just wasn't quite at the races I didn't think but team was brilliant and shouldn't take anything away from him really yeah it's fair to say that team had a very team had a very very good day um it's kind of interesting, almost ironic, that the last two sets that Nadal lost on clay were against Dominic Team 51 weeks ago in the quarterfinals of Rome. Now the circle closes. Again, he loses two sets to Dominic Team this time in the quarterfinals of Madrid. So that is, well, Rafael Nadal fans might not appreciate it, but it's almost poetic. But, um, <laughs> Raf no, for, for well, Rafa... It appeals for to our OCD, at least. No, but for Rafa, it, uh, it was, I think it's very fair to say that it was an off day. It... it Particularly for me, the second serve was the most striking thing. It it was almost middle of the box all the time. It always set up. There was just no real bite to it that we've seen over the course of the past couple of weeks. And um, team said that he just basically employed the same sort of mindset and the same sort of aggressive um, game style that he employed a year ago in Rome. That means hugging the baseline. That means taking the ball early. And he, by his own admission, he says, like, look, for me, it's more comfortable to fall a little bit further behind the baseline. I've got the big swing, so I need a bit more time. But uh, today, push kind of came to shove, and he uh, he had to, and he executed well. And he was obviously very, very happy with this match, considering how patchy his form has been on the clay so far, and especially how badly he has started in his last two matches here. Well, I mean, he now faces uh, Kevin Anderson, who, of course, kicked us off with one of the most riveting matches of the day, which was Anderson <coughs> Dusan Lajevic. Um, for a, a big guy, uh, you know, we I think a lot of people have often written him off against Clay. Yeah, the guy actually enjoys playing on Clay. I just don't think, uh, well, I think this suits his game because of the speed and the way that the ball fizzes. I don't know that he'd have quite the same success in Rome and in Paris, but I think it should make for an interesting semi. I, yeah, I think people like um, Anderson and Isner often get a bit, a bit of a bad rap on Clay. I think for a big guy, Clay can really suit you. Um, when, especially when the ball sits up nicely, it's really in their range. You know, I think on stuff like grass, okay, the, the serve works really well for them, but a lot of the balls stay low, and it's difficult for them yeah. once they're in points to really uh, pull off what they want to do. Um, here, Anderson today, I don't think he played that well, but he set up a lot of things on his forehand 
short forehands back off that serve and it, they just sat up quite nicely I think on another day he would have won that more impressively um, so I think it'll be a tough match for team who's never beaten him but they've not met on clay yeah. would expect Dominic to win but Anderson's dangerous still um, uh, obviously um, Zverev <coughs> and Isner are still playing but uh, we did have the, uh, another quarterfinal Sadly, which was Kyle. Well, I say sadly. It was it was Kyle and uh, Den, Kyle Edmund and Denis Shapovalov, and it was. Um, I think what we're actually seeing. Is, I mean, it's interesting that it's team that took out Nadal, and they're kind of you know we've we've got the Lost Boys generation, and then we've got this kind of Lost Boys 1.5, which was the Zverevs and the teams that never really seemed to sort of generate enough sort of power to move forward, except now maybe. Uh, and now we've actually got the real next gen, which is Kyle Edmund, um, Shapovalov, Tsitsipas, um, beginning to come through. And I, I just think we've already seen some intriguing matchups between these two. Uh, and this was no exception. Um, so, unfortunate for Kyle, I think, um, I think maybe the, the fatigue of all those runs in, in Estoril before he came out here and the the big two wins might have caught up with him. He seemed very sort of edgy right at the start. I think Shapovalov looked a lot freer with his hitting. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, he, <coughs> I did put it to him that whether the transition of playing two very, uh, you know, right-handed, two-handed backhand, similar styles in Goffin and Djokovic, then going to Shapovalov, the left-hander, the one-handed, the bit more kind of attacking, free flowing player Flashy I think. as well yeah, I think. Yeah. someone who works up the crowd a bit more and who works with the crowd more as opposed to yeah. uh who's much more subdued as opposed to Chicago. yeah it's a difficult adjustment to make i think and particularly the lefty i mean dennis has been talking all week about how he thinks being a left-hander on clay is yeah. a real advantage and you know whether it is or not if he believes that he's coming into these matches with a really big mindset and for a guy who's not won a tour level clay match before this tournament yeah. the confidence is sky high right now and i'm loving it i think he's a great player i think he's a breath of fresh air on the tour i think he's the obvious player the mantle of the big four goes over to in terms of Agreed. the character and the way he carries himself around the style i yeah. think he's a great watch i think he's someone really impressive and the fact he's doing it on clay already at a masters event is just big for the game because I didn't really see him being a great clay court player this early and I don't think he did either no no I mean he's charismatic as well you know he, he's got the, he's got the full package and I think it's good for him to, it's good to see somebody who's not necessarily not yet <coughs> cut out to be a clay court player I think he'll admit as much himself even if he makes finals here even if he who knows wins the whole thing but uh, he applies himself to it, and he 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 says, "Look, I'm I'm willing to give it a good shot. I'm willing to really work my butt off on clay so that I become better. So the mindset at his age right now, at 19 years old, it's good, and it's uh, pff, sorry, it's it's much better than some of uh, some of certain other North American players <coughs> who are just like, well, it's clay, nope. Yeah. And he applies himself to it, and I think that's a big asset. I'd compare his attitude to Zverev as well a little bit um, because I think Zverev comes out a lot of the time and he's like, I should be winning every match. I should be perfect on every surface. I am the king. Whereas Shapovalov's a bit more like, I'm really happy with how I'm playing, but I know I'm aiming to win these Grand Slams in two or three years' time. Yeah. I think he understands the process a little bit more and he's pleasantly surprising himself. Yeah. Whereas Zverev, I think, is really disappointed by the fact that he's not gone beyond like, the fourth yeah. round of a slam and that plays on his mind a little bit more. So I think... Shapovalov's mindset 
is really interesting. And if he can kind of surpass Zverev in slam terms, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, Let's withhold this discussion until the French Open, because I'm sure it's going to rear its sometimes pretty <laughs> ugly head again in Paris. Uh, so. Well, um, luckily for you, uh, René and I will both be in Paris, so you'll actually get to hear the two of us having a witter for a couple of weeks. But oh my anyway. God, you're so going to enjoy hearing me complain and moan and whinge about everything. No, I promise I'll, be, I'll try and be personable and Listen, nice. Listen, you know what? You haven't sat next to George for a whole week. <laughs> You or a yeah you know, no. I think the word that we're looking for, ladies and gentlemen, is anyway. Um, <laughs> on to, of course, tomorrow's women's final, uh, where we will have Kiki Burtons, who seems to be a goddess on clay, against Petra Kvitova, who also seems to be a goddess it was on just clay. A goddess. Well, she's just a goddess. She is <laughs> okay. actually. She's she's Less. she's just amazing. Um, I have all the time in the world for her. Um, so you were in a press while we were galloping around, um, catching Edmonds. So. Gen us up, Rene. When it comes to... Uh, so Petra Kvitova, obviously. Petra and, and, and Karolina Pliskova were the first match of the night session. Um, playing a sometimes slightly nervy, not always... Mm. like not. They weren't always playing well at the same time, and both of them kind of admitted to it. Petra had a slow start. Karolina kind of never really was able to find her serve as well as she wanted to. Karolina said, I feel like I was almost a little bit over-motivated after the win against uh, Simona and also trying to get that win against Petra, who's obviously got this stellar record against Czech players. And um, Petra just was able to hang in there in the first set. I think that was very important that in the second set sh she was just able to step it up a little more and also say, look, it, I, I know that this was maybe, I, I was a bit tight at the beginning, but I was able to just get more into the rallies and bite my way into this match a little bit more. And um, yeah, I think it's it's been imp beyond impressive with what both of them have been able to do over the course of the past couple of weeks with Petra winning Prague, Carolina winning Stuttgart, um, both of them having this nine match winning streak and Petra extending it to 10. And now she's gonna face Kiki Burton's in the finals, but uh, Petra very much set and impressed that this is going to be a much different challenge because as we have all seen, I think over the past two years, but particularly this week, Kiki Burton's is a force to be reckoned with she, on clay. She really is. I mean, um, you know, Caroline Garcia had like flown under the <laughs> radar largely um, for the whole of this uh, for the whole of this tournament. You know, hadn't dropped a set. Uh, had been very impressive, very good aggressive play. You know, everything seems to be coming right for her, and you know, we, we were even daring to whisper about potentially a favourite for, for the French, and then it all seemed to come undone awfully quickly, uh, very frustratingly for the French woman as well, where um, she just could not execute her game plan, and, and credit to her, once upon a time, Garcia wouldn't have even had the nous or the wherewithal to try and, and do something different to get a foothold in the game. She did try, and it made absolutely no difference at all, um, to the point that I think it dr drove her on the point of tears, practically. Um, so, you know, I don't think Ke I don't think um, Kvitova is going to be quite that emotional. But what does worry me is is fatigue. I mean, she looked awfully tired when when Renee Courtney and I went to to see her at like what is it midnight, half midnight last night, yes. last night or early this morning rather. Um, she looked very very tired, very fatigued um, already. Um, and Kiki just seems to, um, she's got that euphoria, obviously, of having won and is now in her biggest, um, her biggest sort of title match. 
So you never know how that's going to play, of course. Being yeah. in such a big final against such a, an opponent who's been there and done it so many times, you never quite know how that's going to go. Um, but yeah, I've been really, really impressed with Burton. She's taken out some very impressive opposition here, or at least on paper, big names. Um, yeah, I think. No, not just on paper. I feel like also in terms of how they've been playing. Like yeah, it's, Sharapova it's, particularly. It's Sharapova, it's Wozniacki, it's <coughs> Garcia, it's Sakari. It's like, those are like, those are not like some. I don't know some some random draws where you're like oh she had an easy draw yeah. she but she really punched her way through that yeah but I mean I'll, should we really be surprised about Burton I mean she is no. a no. Roland Garros semi finalist no. you know she's, she she, has she she knows what it takes to win on the big stage I think she's playing down this whole um, I'm just so happy to be here I don't think she's just happy to be here to make up the numbers at all I think she's going to go hell bent for leather to to end Kvitova's winning streak I'm curious to see like whether she's uh, on the big stage, yes and no. I think sometimes there can be moments when she can get nervy. For example, at the end of the first set against Sharapova, I feel like she got a little nervy. On the big mm. stage, remains to be a little proven to me. On the clay, absolutely no doubt. Because she, like in terms of her movement, I think there are very few out there on the on the WTA who move as efficiently and as well on the clay as she does. So um, if she can hang in there long enough in some of the points and sur survive the barrage of of Kvitova ground strokes, I think she's she has a very good shot as well. Just like Petra, it's a matter of fatigue and maybe experience in the big moments. I think comparatively to Pliskova as well, it's a really different challenge for Kvitova. They're just completely different game styles. Yeah. And I, I feel like Pliskova's maybe got a little less of a plan B than <laughs> Burton's, who's kind of got plan X, Y, and Z constantly on clay. You just, yeah. You're never quite sure what to expect from her. Um, so I think that will be an interesting matchup rather than two big sloggers. So, all right, so predictions then. Tough. Um, I will go with, I'll go with Kvitova in two tight sets, but I am absolutely not sure. It could just as well be that Burton's wins it in two. But it's just right now, just in case. I said after she beat Sharapova, I think she's going to win at Burton, so I'm going to stick with her. You're going to stick with Burton's. I think it'll be <coughs> Kvitova in three, um, but I think that will then leave her an absolute wreck for Rome. She'll she'll go out early in Rome and come back as a tour de force in France, but I'd say Kvitova in three. Brilliant. Okay, well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. We'll uh, hopefully get um, Rene to come join us tomorrow when we uh, gear up and look for the men's final. Yes, the Kevin oh. Anderson, the uh, Kevin. John Isner final. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we're absolutely Alec all here for. <laughs> because Alexander Zverev is now serving for the match, so I will excuse myself. Yep. I'll run to court and <laughs> wishing you all good night, and thanks for having us. <laughs> You've been listening to Rene, who's about to exit stage left. Bye. And George. <laughs> no, sure. <laughs> Literally stage left. And of course, I'm Ross Satar from Britwatch Sports. Thank you for listening.